Hi and welcome to Viral Gospel, the podcast where we chat through doing church online in these very weird times. My name's Phil Calder and I'm from Townsville in North Queensland, Australia, and I'm joined by Howard Grigg from Wellington in New Zealand. How are you doing, Howard? Yeah, good, Phil. Nice to talk to you again. Indeed. We're at episode two. How's the last week been for you in terms of restrictions? We have moved to level three. Is big, that better than last week? This is a big development from level four. Yeah, no, so it's, right. it's uh, less restrictive. There's a few people going back to work and still lots of people working from home if it's convenient and trying to sort of do no contact pickups and things for most businesses. Excellent. Oh, it's so good to hear things are getting back to normal. It's the same for me in uh, in Queensland, the uh, the premiers allowed us to go out and do leisure activities, so we can go for a drive without having to actually be going to the shops or doing something essential. We can actually sit in the park, but we can't have drink in coffee at a coffee shop. So um, slowly easing for a two week period and seeing how that goes. So yeah, I think it'll be still quite a while till we get back to church, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're sort of still looking. I don't know, six months out or something. Six months, you reckon? Well, until we get sort of congregations of more than 100. Like, who knows, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And as always, every week we will be talking about how it has been doing church online and talking to people from different churches and talking about the way they're doing things. Because as I said last week, one of the main things we've learned is that there are so many different ways to do church online. But joining us this week... Well, we're keeping it in the family. Michael Calder is an assistant minister at St. Bart's Anglican Church in Toowoomba. How are you doing, Michael? Yeah, good, thanks. Doing pretty well up here in the uh, cold, dark Toowoomba. It's good to have you with us. What have you been enjoying from your day one of uh, Queensland's easing of restrictions? Well, in negative day one, I may have actually accidentally broken the law, but we won't go into that too much. But it hasn't looked too different, really. Yeah. How are you finding the restrictions? To be honest, it hasn't been too bad. We've been able to do a lot of our work from home, although I've been going out and getting some takeaway coffee and trying to support the local business because I like my coffee. But I went to the cafe the other day to get a takeaway and I just really thought, oh, I miss meeting people here because that was my meeting space for Mm. catching up with different people from church. It was my office to write sermons from. So just really missing that atmosphere. Yeah, so you're at St. Bart's Toowoomba, which is an Anglican church. What does a normal Sunday look like, or what did it look like if you if you rewind six or seven weeks before the coronavirus hit the world? Tell us about St. Bart's, how many people you have, what a normal Sunday would look like. Yeah, across a normal Sunday, we have three services. Uh, well, we would have three services, so a 7.30 more traditional service, uh, a 9.30 contemporary family service, and then a 6 p.m. young adults service. So all over, we would have about 500 people over a Sunday. Uh, so that's what that would look like. And now we've gone to five people. <laughs> so St. Bart's is quite a... I've, I've been there. It's, it's quite a vibrant community. You've got a lot of people, a lot of things going on, a lot of midweek events, but mm. also very busy Sundays. In terms of attendance, you know, you're saying 500, but you'd have definitely over the 100 person limit at all the congregations? Yeah, yeah. So we'd have about 150 or so at 7.30 and then over probably about, we're pushing about 300 actually at our 9.30 congregation. That's including children 
and then hovering around 80 or so for the 6pm congregation. And you've got a band and, you know, normally would have, uh, I guess, a few videos and a kid spot. Yeah, yeah. So for our 9.30 contemporary service, family service, it would be, you know, a decent band, you know, four-piece band. We would have a kid spot, which would generally be done live, but we may do like an interview on a video or uh, something like that. We'll have a 25-minute sermon, just a, yeah, stock standard everyday church. So we're talking a big, vibrant, exciting church with a lot of people, and this has really, really hit you hard. Yeah, it's it's gone from a really busy kind of buzzing atmosphere in the auditorium and church midweek. So midweek there would be different events on pretty much every day. There would be small groups. There would be people, you know, jumping in and out of the office and saying good day to you know just me, pretty much Adam, our senior minister. We're pretty much in the office every day or working from home when we can, and then a few other staff, handful of staff throughout the week. When things changed at the mm. you know few weeks ago now, and as a team or as directed by the state, and you made the decision to actually stop doing your regular congregations on the Sunday, what did that first week look like? What did it? How much sort of preparation time did you give yourselves? And then like, what did you manage to pull together for that for that first week? Yeah, so a few weeks out, about a month out actually, we convened a COVID working group. So this was with a couple of GPs, uh, a couple of uh, our church wardens and and myself and Adam. And this was to really just to work out the timeline of, of what we would do in case we would have to stop services. That's pretty amazing. I'd say that's probably a much more organized than many other churches. <laughs> Look, I would love to take credit for it, but I really can't. Adam uh, put it all together really well. So we had a three-stage document. So stage one was coronavirus in Australia. Stage two was community transfer in Toowoomba. Stage three was service lockdown, service shutdown. Mm. So it wasn't actually that clear cut. We went into stage two, but kind of in stage one as well. So part of that involved not doing the common cup at communion at Lord's Supper. And then eventually the week that we were told that we couldn't do Sunday services, we were planning to live stream it actually, because there were there was a significant drop off in terms of attendance because we mm, know that families yeah. weren't coming so we were getting ready to stream on monday when we were told on wednesday that we couldn't actually do su- sunday services oh how fortunate is that timing <laughs> yeah and god's been really good and and gracious to us so a couple weeks out we we actually hired a production intern and that was you know we didn't know that we would have to live stream services but that's just that just kind of happened and we managed to pick up a a decent camera a Panasonic GH5 and so we started recording uh, sermons and testing that out and then you know the call came on the Wednesday morning I was listening to the radio uh, and listening to the prime minister saying that any gatherings over 100 people uh, just just can't happen and so that's us that's that's our Sunday services so on that day, I remember we had about a two-hour staff meeting just to kind of work out and, and work out what this will actually look like in terms of not just Sunday service, but St. Bart's Care and looking after, looking after our people in terms of our small groups, in terms of children's and families and each department kind of working out what, how you actually do ministry in this age. But, but in terms of the Sunday service, we, we had a GH5 and... I was editing footage. What is a GH5, for those of us who don't know? A Panasonic GH5. It's a, the latest sort of 
version of their GH line. It's a, a very nice mirrorless camera. Mirrorless, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's primarily, you would say, is a stills camera? It's got the form factor of a stills camera, but Panasonic have really been pushing their video stuff in the last, um, or in this GH line really, starting with the GH1, but it's sort of about, the GH line's been going, I don't know, six, eight years, something like that. And the GH line's got a real focus on on video. They're really nice focus. video cameras. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so okay, so it's 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 a mirrorless camera that does great video, mm. and it had the HDMI output. Yeah, full HDMI. No thirty minute limit either, which is nice. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you had you had the one camera at the time. Yep. Plugged into what? Plugged into a Roland video changer. I can't exactly remember the model number. I think it was a V1H. I can't believe you can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a vision mixer, right? It's a vision mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a basic cheap one. Not a basic cheap one. It was uh, because we used it. We we used it on Sunday services to run a couple of different screens um, and video around the building. Um, So something you had lying around that you use every week anyway. Yeah, that we're able to use. And then in that week, we decided to purchase what was called a Elgato game capture device. So this allowed us to capture that, that audio and that, and that video out of that HDMI box and, and stream it. So on that first morning, we actually ended up having three GH5s in the mix, one from a congregation member, one from uh, another source and one from church. This is so week one. Week one, yeah. <laughs> How fortunate is that? Okay, so, so week one, we've got... A few of these great mirrorless cameras all going into a Roland Vision Mixer, which is the HDMI output is plugged into the Elgato. And you had had a band, actually, didn't you? We had a guitar, keyboard, and three singers, yes. All going through a separate sound desk, which was then plugged into the Elgato. It was was through the sound desk, and then our sound desk actually goes... Uh, into the Roland using um, RCA cables and then the HDMI kind of sums that audio and video and puts it out into the Elgato device. Yeah, nice. Okay. So how did that go for you uh, for week one? And then <laughs> to be honest, fast- as, a, as a week one setup, that sounds like what a lot of churches would aspire to at the end of a <laughs> yeah. three-month sort of... If you're not at that point yet, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, we we have some great people resources as well. So we had some we have some ABC journos in our congregation, and so we were testing on Thursday night, and they were giving us ideas and saying, "Oh, you could do this, you can do that." So on that first Sunday, we did everything live. There was nothing pre-recorded. So the kids team were there, the music team were there. So all in all, we actually had about fifteen people or so in the building. In terms of the stream, it went pretty well, pretty much without a hitch. There are a couple of Funny issues. We learnt the lesson of always have fresh batteries in the cameras before you start to stream. <laughs> so there was a little bit of a hairy moment there, but that's otherwise... what I worry about with those GH fives is that, that you can't plug them in, right? You can, you can. I think you can get adapters. Yeah. Oh, but you didn't have them. No. No. Okay. All right. You should be able to get two hours. Two hours. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Mm. Yeah, not too many services would go longer than two hours. But let's fast forward to today, mm. probably six or seven weeks later. What's yeah. online church looking like for you guys now in terms of the gear you've got? Have you expanded what you, you've got and does it look much different online? Yeah, we've kind of shifted. So we've reduced the number of GH5s to only two. Oof. And so, Yeah, I know, it's hard. <laughs> 
So we, we're doing a lot more pre-recorded stuff because we're only allowed to have five people in the building when we're live streaming. Uh, so the kids' talk is pre-recorded, uh, kids' songs are pre-recorded, any interviews pre-recorded. So we're using a lot more pre-recorded things. And then we've actually upgraded to a Blackmagic Mini Pro to be able to do our streaming, to be able to do our vision switching. That's an uh, ATEM Mini Pro. The ATEM Mini Pro, yep. yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got so, one of those too, they're great. So we're debuting that this week. So we'll be doing, we'll be keying our lyrics. So we're debuting that. What does keying your lyrics mean? Oh, so this means that what will come up on the screen for the viewer at home isn't a a black box, which used to take up half of the screen, but you'll just be able to see the lyrics. This is for the lyrics for the song. Yes. So previously you had the bottom half of the screen was a black box with white lyrics on it. And then up the top was the piano player and yourself. Yeah, correct. Correct. So yep. what's different with keying? So with keying, it means it gets rid of that black box. So all you'll see is the text on top of the vision of the band, of me and the keyboard player. Cool. So what is the um, ATM Mini? Why did you switch there over the Roland? Mainly for, for the streaming stability. Because you can stream straight out to Ethernet, it means that it cuts out the device, the software in the computer, the computer's Ethernet connection... And it just goes to one kind of one output. So it, we found that it will be much more stable. Also, we're doing more Zoom meetings and webinars as well. So the Black Magic has come in handy for that already over the past week. And also the keying abilities to be able to have those lyrics just on the bottom, bottom bit of the screen without the black bar is one of the reasons as well. The ATM Minis are beautiful devices that are super useful at the moment. The the Mini itself um, is they're very similar. The Mini has uh, two outputs: an HDMI output and a USB-C output, so you can capture that straight into your computer like a webcam, um, and that's how we would use it. And you can run that as a web like a webcam type input into any streaming software or even like a Skype or Zoom session. The ATM Mini Pro, as you mentioned, has a streaming encoder built into it and so that can stream it's basically got three outputs in that sense it's got an hdmi output a USB-C output for a webcam or a ethernet output which encodes strictly up to whatever your streaming services youtube facebook custom streaming service it's, it's really nice software it also lets you do multi-view into the monitor that you're using with it so that lets you look at all the cameras at once including what you might be keying Mm. And then some status indicators down the bottom, you know, how your stream's going. So if, if, you, if you see your stream starting to fail, you can do something about it. You can see all your audio meters. You can do all sorts of great, great things with yeah. it. So I personally would highly recommend the ATEM Mini Pro. I'm guessing you would too, Howard. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. We've got the non-Pro version of it. Just uh, wasn't the Pro wasn't out when we bought ours and also it's um half the price double the price so, yes yep. we're sort of talking about 500 bucks for the non-pro and a thousand for the pro give or take yeah so michael why did you decide to go with live rather than pre-recorded we uh, decided to go with live i think to be able to maintain that sense of connection to the congregation mm. uh, so in the in a given sunday we've we've started encouraging people to uh, take photos and upload them to Instagram or Facebook and hashtags and Bart's Toowoomba. And then halfway through the sermon, either myself or Adam will pull those and then put them into into the TV 
up the front. So during the news, we'll be able to do call outs and saying, hey, shout out to the the blogs family who are watching from from over here. And so it just kind of maintains a bit of connection. So people are commenting, people are liking, people are sharing, and it's all live. And how are you finding the, the music? So you've sort of, you did have a larger band initially, and I think you've stripped it down to, to what you're doing. And how do you find just the the process of doing that music live and mixing for not in like front of house sort of setting, you're mixing to headphones and then on a live stream. Has your band or worship team had challenges around that? Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. So one of the biggest kind of challenges that we found is uh, is normalizing the audio from from whoever's speaking to the music and making sure that's all kind of the same. I'm not actually mixing the band, which is nice. I've got a really good sound person who's who's doing that. So we've stripped it back to having myself on guitar and singing and then a keyboardist who is also singing. We've made a call, the five of us who are on team, to do it every week just because it's easier that way. You know, we know where we're headed musically, me and the other keyboard player. But it's really interesting playing to a camera instead of playing to a congregation because uh, when you're leading music in a congregation, you're seeing everybody's faces, you know, mm. you're seeing how they engage with the music and you're responding to that as you're leading them. However, when you're leading to a camera, you've almost got to self-generate that energy. So it's it's yeah. really quite draining. So, Not yeah. that resting board face that you might <laughs> feel like you fall into. I've, I've actually had to put a note um, on my music stand to remember to smile. <laughs> because I, I'm concentrating so hard because when you're on live, there's, there's no hiding. You know, yeah, when, you've got a, yeah. when you've got a congregation of 300 people in the room and you're missing to the room, you know, you can kind of hide a few fudges here and there. But essentially my guitar and my vocals is going straight to somebody's headphones yeah. uh, in their bedroom or living room. I, I do want to ask you about that because you're, you're a bit of an audiophile like me. Mm. And like you said, Howard, before, you are mixing differently compared mm. with front of house and comparing that with the stream audio because when you're mixing for a church you've got all these acoustic things you've got some instruments that people are hearing naturally versus just in the the speakers whereas when you're online it's all got to be mic'd and go through through the system was it something you had to consider was the the difference in acoustic and mix and was it something that you guys only tackled because you had the know-how in the congregation and were able to do a separate mix? Yeah, I think I think we, we did have the know-how and we thought, you know, it's not going to be a professional production and let's face it, we're, we're a church, we're not a TV broadcasting station, so we've just got to accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Always good to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. And so... We just told the sound person, who was a different sound person on the first week, put the headphones on and don't take them off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen (laughs) to the room. And it's really quite hard because we've had to put a delay on the sound desk output just for lip syncing. And so they're kind of hearing the room and then they're hearing the stream. So it's really quite a challenge. It's just Um, built in reverb. Yeah. So we've, (laughs) we've had to put in... We've added in reverb, a lot more reverb than we usually would uh, for the musicians. Mm. We've compressed the audio a whole lot more than we usually would for the room just to kind of naturalize it and and normalize it somewhat. So that's the technical kind of things. So the delay, the reverb and the compression. We had a a lot of fun. So it's interesting just when when we heard that we were going to be sort of closing our 
our doors basically we were actually sitting in the office space at church we had pulled out all the sound desk stuff and were rerouting it to have uh, the ability to do a stream and so our plan at that time was for the next sunday was to do a live stream and uh, at the same time as our main congregation mm-hmm. and that's another sort of challenge for the sound operator in that they have to mix both the uh, front of house and the stream rather than just one or the Ooh. other and and so the way i set it up was that we basically ran all the groups of instruments so front of house what we would call our front of house mics which is like our sermon or lectern mics into one bus and then have you know vocalists into another instruments into another percussion into another and then effects into another and so basically we had five or so buses that were running into a matrix output but then you could mix those five buses independently for the stream so you could Mm. keep while you weren't mixing individual instruments for the stream you had quite a lot of sort of fine grain control and you could also put effects specifically on those buses for for the stream so you could like you're saying add more effects add more compression um to really try and even out those sounds but trying to do that at the same time as as mixing front of houses you really got to kind of get your head around the the routing itself before even Mm. you just turn to the musical side of it but it's a, a challenge you really need Either someone who know is, is very comfortable with the board and knows what they're doing, or two people, but then that gets sort of complicated also. Yeah, in yeah. Michael's dreamland, the person mixing the stream would be out of the building and in a sound isolation booth uh, <laughs> with some studio monitors, mixing a separate stream mix. That's, yeah, that's my idea. Uh, that's not what you do at your... <laughs> you don't have your <laughs> no, production no, truck quite. in the car park. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you can get very technical with, with the sound, I guess, is is the takeaway from that. And, you know, I think if you are doing live music, it, it might be something to think about because distraction, isolation, I think, is the aim of the game. You, you want to get rid of anything that's distracting. And to mm. be honest, your sound being bad is going to be more distracting than your video or your lighting being bad. So it is something you do need to think about. And if you do need help with it, please get in touch. We might be able to to give you some pointers. But in terms of outside Sunday, Michael, you know, during the week, you guys have a lot of different events on. What have you been doing in terms of meeting together online during the week? Yeah, so in that first week, some of the uh, small groups were doing hybrid Zoom and in person. Some groups were still meeting in person. And then about a week after that, we had to make the call that all small groups had to meet via Zoom. Uh, So they made that pretty early. And so, you know, we had PDFs being made of instruction sheets on how to download Zoom because, you know, still the average age of our congregation is is still up there. It's around 50 50 and 60s. So we're trying to get people involved in that. So small groups have gone on Zoom. Our mainly music, which is like our church play group, has moved onto Zoom as well. Our charge youth, our youth group has moved on to Zoom on, on Friday nights. Uh, we've just started doing a Ridley certificate subject from Ridley College in Melbourne, Australia, and that is also being done by Zoom. Uh, so we're relying on Zoom a whole lot. You know, I'm a pretty techie person, and two months ago I barely heard of Zoom. I, I, yeah. When someone first talked about it, I was like, oh, why would you use Zoom? Use Skype. <laughs> now I'm real- we're, we're on Zoom right now. It's best not to read the sort of history of Zoom. 
has a bit of a checkered past. But I think it's because they're a small team that move fast and make cool stuff and don't really care about the consequences. They're just trying to do thing, fun things. Yeah. Yeah, so there are a few security issues, which I'm sure some people get hung up on, other people move past. I reckon, you know, if some hacker hears the gospel because they hacked into our Bible study, <laughs> that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys have also done something interesting, which I don't think many other churches have done, which was this week you took delivery of a beautiful set, which you've been using as your background and hooking the ATEM Mini into the Zoom. Why did you do that? Why Why was that necessary? Sorry, I, I haven't seen this. What What is the background? Yeah, so the background, we, we have someone in our congregation who builds sets for a theatre company. And so they pretty much made these boxes with, with plywood on the front. So essentially the background is four, sorry, three panels of a nice kind of warm ply. We've got some hanging plants. We've got some lights hanging down as well. So it's just a kind of more of a natural background. And then we've just hung some um, photos of people from, that we took last year. And so they're, they're going to be rotated throughout the weeks. Uh, so, we get, so people get to see more faces so why did we build it? To be able to record in a more controlled environment, we were, doing, we were recording a lot of things outside to make use of the natural light, but then we would have to wait on weather conditions. The light wasn't reliable. You'll start freezing soon. We would start freezing soon as well. It got down to two degrees this morning outside. Oh, so, that's real. That's, that's chilly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a nip in it these days. <laughs> so, and also we, we wanted to just have a, a nice kind of warm kind of centerpiece for people to be able to tune into and say, okay, so this is, this is where we are, that we're in the St. Bart studio. This, mm. is a, this is a new kind of arm of, of what we're doing at church as we, as we do life together. And so we've been able to hook up the ATEM Mini Pro in there to be able to stream Zoom, Zoom meetings. So that's where we host Ridley from. Uh, we hosted a leadership night uh, just to kind of give it a bit of a, a situation update for all our leaders from there as well. So we have a, a TV screen, which we can show um, slides from as well. So it's really a, a dynamic type set, which we could use for anything just to be able to record in a nice controlled environment. Yeah, that's that's a nice idea. We um, we don't have one, but we're hoping to set up. We're just calling it Studio Church at the moment, but that's mm. kind of our next step. I think that sounds awesome to have a hub that everyone can sort of, kind of get used to and, and become mm. familiar with. But this this podcast is called viral gospel and that's because obviously the gospel is totally central to everything we do and i think i said it last week and and, but i think we need to sort of remember that technology is is just one thing that is is fun to play with um, and is crucial in connecting to people but really the, the core reason that we're doing all of this is because of the gospel and how do you think that what you're doing at the moment, with the way that you're doing church and the way that you're doing life during the week, is that effectively delivering the gospel? Are there areas where you want to improve you know, your, your actual gospel ministry? Yeah, I, I do hope and pray that it is because you know, technology is great, but if you don't have Jesus, then, then it's pointless, really. And so in getting small groups online and in, in people engaging with the sermon, we really hope and pray that people use this opportunity as a, as a chance to be able to grow in their relationship with Jesus and not to, not to fall away. Um, because it's getting easier to get to church. It's never been easy to get to church. You just log in and, and there you are. But the flip side is that is that it's never been easier not to get to church because 
sometimes you can lack accountability because mm. because Joe Bloggs isn't sitting there in, in the couple of rows down noticing that you're not there. So our hope and prayer is that people really press into Jesus at this time using the resources, using the family resources. So we're putting up all our um, St. Bart's Kids resources online for families to be able to download and, and use together. And they're all based on the sermon. So the parents are getting the sermon preached. They're getting the gospel preached. The families are doing doing activities together. Small groups are discussing the sermon, which is which is the gospel. Hopefully declares the gospel. The sermon isn't the gospel itself. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And I think our next step is to really focus on in how people are connecting and getting and really capturing the data on, you know, who's coming into our live stream? Are there people who aren't Christians who are joining in? Are there people who are outside of Toowoomba tuning in? So we're, we're thinking through that now. We, we're wondering whether we do like a, a census Sunday or something where we encourage everybody to fill out a connect form online as much as possible so we can That's get a, a grasp of that. We're doing that every Sunday, actually. So we've got like an online connect form and then we give people like a three-minute countdown towards the end of the service. Yeah. We say we'd like everyone who's watching to fill out this connect form. We do it usually at our at our normal meetings in, in church. We've got a, like a connect card that mm. we encourage everyone, including our regulars, to fill out with prayer points and things. And now we've just moved that online. But it's kind of become more important than, than ever, really. Yeah. yeah, really so much so. And... So the next step from that is if there are non-Christians tuning in and they mention that on their sheet, uh, then we would love to be able to run out kind of introducing Jesus course with them. We plan to run Alpha in a few, in a few months' time as, as another touch point. Uh, so in terms, of, in terms of evangelism from the church front, I think that's our, our next step to really think hard about how we do that more effectively. Can you, can you baptize over Zoom? <laughs> We're actually doing communion on Zoom this week, so I'll let you know how that goes, and maybe we can we can explore that. But yeah, that's that, it's been great having you, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you've uh, enjoyed having a chat with us today. Yeah, definitely. Any time. It's there's so much to to gain from listening to a lot of other different people from different parts of the country and and even the world as we are an international show. So thanks so much for joining us, and yeah, we we're really really uh, excited to continue these conversations from week to week. I've even learnt a few things this week, Howard. Mm, yeah, no, no, I love it. It's it's just heaps of fun. I love thinking about this stuff. I love talking about it. And it's it's cool to do it just sort of in a more structured way and actually sort of formalize some of our thoughts around it. So I think even just talking it out loud with someone rather than just sort of spending out endless hours on forums and YouTube and things, sort of doing your own research, it, it forces you to actually work out what it is that you're, you're wanting to do. I just love hearing from other churches, hearing what they're doing specifically and, and sort of storing all these little ideas away in my head for, for mm-hmm. when we come across challenges and, and trying to work out what we want to do. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? Well, if you've enjoyed listening to us on uh, Viral Gospel, please do drop us a line. Let us know your feedback. If there are any issues you'd like us to explore or, or ideas that uh, you think need teasing out, please uh, do let us know. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, bye for now. See ya. <laughs>